Hey, homies. Yeah, you're right. Way too cheesy. But wouldn't you say that's my brand? Hmm? Hmm? Hi, I'm your host, Julia Rolova, and this is my first episode of Anywhere is Home, a podcast exploring people's unique ideas of home. I've interviewed 11 of my friends from all over the country to talk about their ideas of home. Some episodes will be full interviews with a friend bouncing topic to topic, and others will be a mix of interviews carefully curated and backed with research to focus in on one particular topic. Today is an interview episode with one of my dear friends, Elizabeth Ramirez. Elizabeth and I focused on building communities together at Harvard University's pre-college program for two summers. We'll talk about food, values, gentrification, and so much more. Now, I'll let Elizabeth introduce herself. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be here. And thank you, Julia, for inviting me to be a part of this cool project you're starting off. My name is Elizabeth Ramirez. Yes, that's how I pronounce my full name. And so a little bit about me. I always like to start off with a couple of my identities. So I am first generation Latinx woman. My parents are from Mexico and they immigrated to this country, the U.S., like years ago years ago and they have five children and I'm the oldest of them and I recently earned my master's degree in college counseling and student development so there's that huge milestone as a first gen Latinx persona in in society. Currently I am working at a community college working from home and I work with the foster youth program And so essentially some of my skills there are to meet with these foster youth and help them navigate college and providing them resources and just life skills that they essentially did not receive due to their circumstances on just growing up and going through the system. And let's see, I am in love with my partner and- (laughs) hear it, we love healthy, stable relationships. Definitely my soulmate and my best friend. So I'm happy to share that too with y'all. Awesome. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. We're really excited to kind of get going and talking about home with you. So with that being said, my first question to you is as simple, quote unquote, as (laughs) where is home? For me, I like to describe home where I feel community, a family, people that I can be myself, my complete self around, and even have a little bit of sense of my culture's food around. So for example, Julia, when we were in Harvard, I was always trying to keep an eye out for like these little hidden gems of taco places or just that kind of thing, you know, identify as Mexican American. So for me, my culture is a big part of just home and what that means to me is just being in community and familia, and being able to speak my mind without judgment. And that can be hard to do sometimes with a very cultural, traditional Mexican household per se. So I like to identify my home in those kind of spaces where I feel like in community with people that maybe have similar goals and aspirations like mine. Awesome. So that's interesting that you mentioned, you know, you have this one side of home for you that is extremely saturated or extremely focused on family and culture 
but on the flip side, sometimes you don't feel like you can speak your mind with it in that other side of home. So you've mentioned going out of your way to find communities where you can find that other part. Right. I want to start off with looking at that that friction and that tension there. How do you manage that? And when did you first start realizing that there was that kind of weird feeling you had where you couldn't be fully merging those two ideas of home yeah definitely I think a lot of it has to do with being able to obtain an education so my family my parents didn't have that privilege to pursue higher education here in the states or even in Mexico so my parents basically finished their schooling when probably like sixth or eighth grade like middle school and so they don't have much uh, knowledge in that sense. So just me uh, recognizing like my privilege and being able to obtain higher education and going through these classes of social work or counseling and just learn more about advocacy, advocacy and believing in myself and my voice that gave me that push to be able to advocate and speak my mind, even though I know there will be other people, even in my family, that might disagree or might try to counter-argue my points, which is fine. I'm always up for a good debate. <laughs> but it's something that I just feel like I also want to be an inspiration to my younger siblings and to my folks around me that, you know, although there might be people around you that, you know, are family to your, like, home, I feel like there should be some sort of balance, a healthy balance where you're able to speak your mind and still remain uh, rooted and grounded in your beliefs, although being open to other perspectives. Yeah, it's kind of this like internal versus external home, yeah. right? It's like yeah. being able to speak your mind is your internal comfort, your internal feeling of home versus your family and culture is really what gives you that comfort in that external. It's really yeah. interesting to see. Yeah. You've mentioned food is a big part of your culture and a big part of Yummy. what you find. Yes, <laughs> what you find as comfort for you. You mentioned tacos. What's your favorite kind of taco? What taco makes you feel the most at home? Mm -hmm. Well, see, you see, I'll give you a very good example um, that's, met maybe half my needs <laughs> so while I was out in Europe traveling with my partner I in Belgium specifically it was hard to find you know something authentic and you know I was already like just uh, speaking to myself like okay Elizabeth don't have high expectations of what kind of Mexican food or Latin food they might have out here you know like just be okay with what you can get here and so I, my favorite tacos are tacos asada. So I think in English, like asada means like steak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Me so, as a learning my Spanish still. Asada uh, means steak. One of the simple yeah. things I know. Basic need to know. <laughs> I'm telling you, like there are still some words that I don't even know how to translate from Spanish to English. And I think that just comes from that English is not my first language. And I'm still learning a lot of these like vocabularies and translations but anyways and so yeah I guess I answered the question yeah my favorite taco is taco de asada and did you find a good one in Europe in Brussels 
<laughs> no. Right. <laughs> no, to be honest, no, I didn't. No. And even the tortillas over there, like tortillas. Yes. They're not like the ones that I'm used to or that I see out here in Los Angeles, like the supermarkets and everything. So it was something that I had to adapt to. And also, you know, I was open to trying out the, the foods and some of the culture foods that they have over there, such as frites, which is like fries with mayo. That's a thing. Um, so that makes me curious during your time in Europe, you were there for about a month or two? Mm-hmm, two months and a half. Two months, two and a half months. Were you able to start feeling a sense of home there? Clearly, they didn't have your usual Mexican-American culture. It was also distance-wise, really far away from home. Did you ever feel that you were able to kind of settle in? Hmm. It's a yes and no kind of answer because, because of the long-distance relationship me and my partner currently have. And we had gone about eight months without seeing each other. We ideally would not have chosen to meet or travel to one another's country during a pandemic. Like, who would really do that? Like, but you do a lot of things out of love and for love. <laughs> yes, you do. But, you know, it's worth it. <laughs> yes, indeed it is. And so he was, he's always been like very patient with me and just like, just very like laid back when it comes to me somewhat being picky with food. And so we weren't able to do much activities while being over there because they were also on a lockdown, very strict lockdown. And so we really did the what we could with our time together, which was a lot of binge watching Netflix shows and just learning about each other's and our habits and what we like to do when we wake up. Are we more of a grumpy person, this and that? So I was able to meet his family and his closest friends and they made me feel at home because of the vibes, the energy, the open arms to probably the only Latina in Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. I think that might be pretty safe to say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would always ask him like, do you think these people can tell like I'm not from this country kind of thing? But he was always very reassuring. It's a pretty like... uh, diverse city like Brussels Belgium specifically is very diverse and no one was gonna target me like oh she's Latina like what is she doing here she doesn't know our language so no I never experienced anything like that I always felt comfort and safe while I was there with him and around his uh, close circle that's awesome I'm glad and that I mean of course I feel like in a relationship that just solidifies even more how how great of a relationship that is for you and what you need that's awesome and I'm really glad to hear that because you deserve the best yes thank you (laughs) but I want to go back to your family because I know how much your family means to you and want to hear a little bit more about why you think your family is such a vital part of home for you just kind of expanding on that aspect of yourself yeah so For me, my familia is like a huge part of my life and my motivation to pursue my goals and dreams. And I think that's mainly because learning and hearing about my parents' struggle and sacrifices and really being able to take in the values and foundations, morals that they've instilled in me since I was young and take that with me, but also cultivate into something more of my own 
while still keeping that that OG foundation there, if that makes sense. They inspire me to be a better person and to inspire others to do the same. And so I just feel like because of my parents' story, that somehow became my story. And then my story became uh, a story for me to share with others to create some sort of inspiration, especially here in East LA, where I grew up. There's just been not the best influences, like community, like especially 30 years ago. And so seeing how my neighborhood, my comunidad is at right now, it's just a huge like influence and just the more like it, it gets me going. It, it's my drive to continue to, again, like inspire and just have conversations with my little sisters, my brother, and just be like, yo. I know we didn't have like the best lifestyle growing up because of our socioeconomic status or our parents being unable to speak English and this and that. But look, we have these endless opportunities for us to take on and make them our own. So, you know, let's not let them go to waste kind of thing. And so that's that. I'm already inspired. Can you tell me a little bit more about East LA? I personally don't know very much about the demographic there, the culture there, even where, what East LA, what neighborhoods are over there. Can you just tell me a little bit more? Yeah, (laughs) East LA, it's it's on the east side of Los Angeles. Okay, okay, good start. (laughs) I think here in this community, or I don't know if you would call it like a sub city, I don't know, like a neighborhood, East LA. There's a lot of brown folks and just minority groups that live here and more so brown, like Hispanic Latinx folks that dominate this area, which is pretty heartwarming to me because, you know, I just, I don't know, I just feel like uplifted more and it's like, my brown people, let's go. But I just feel even at home here because even though there was a lot of violence 30 years ago and gang rivalry, things have changed and you see like beautiful murals being painted just even well-known celebrities that do good work have came by and visited or tried out our small business here like the taco place or like the cafe that just opened up like a year ago and so I just feel like it's a community within a community and we all kind of know each other maybe not our names or faces but you all know like who's from the hood like who's from here and (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so there's just I don't know like it's very like homey feeling and yeah there's a lot of like tacos or just Mexican food you'll find here in East LA very authentic you'll find like a tamale lady a specific corner street you know make trying to make ends meet by doing what she loves which is probably like making tamales and selling them to customers that come back and so on or you just I don't know it's just there's a lot to East LA that makes it so beautiful and so heartwarming to live in even though like the houses might not be all that high-end but you just feel very cozy and just at home at least for me yeah yeah I love hearing you talk about it because it in a lot of ways it sounds like how you as a person have grown like you, you started from a really hard struggling area and then have this kind of blossom into this really beautiful place that is still true to itself in a lot of ways it sounds like yeah it's like it's like the rose that grew from concrete are you nervous at all about all of these changes happening in East LA do you think you know 
nowadays gentrification is a really big hot topic. Do you think, because it doesn't sound like that's what's happening in your community. It sounds like what's happening there from your, from what you've said so far is a lot of fostering and nurturing of what was already there and kind of highlighting the positivity that was always there. What is, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I feel like I haven't personally here. Well, see, in East LA, there's certain parts where gentrification is more like happening than in other areas. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like an area I know of that I've read about in articles or in the news is Boyle Heights. So in Boyle Heights, there is gentrification that's been kind of taking place for I think the past maybe two years and community members have definitely spoken up about that and have I think protested when there was this restaurant that was going to close down I don't know it was foreclosure or something but yeah and then they were going to turn it into a what is it called like a panda express or just something like just kind of out of like what should be there kind of thing And, and I think also it was white folks coming into the community that it's like weird to see white people kind of wandering around just looking at places like oh I think in this area this location would be great to establish xyz and so there's also this show that I've started to watch with my partner called Gentified on Netflix. I love that show me too oh my gosh okay I was gonna bring it up I was gonna ask you if you watched it yet yeah chica I love the show and so I like googled it right here right now too and the description let me read it to y'all it says in Los Angeles three Mexican American cousins chase the American dream even while that dream threatens the things they hold most dear including their neighborhood their immigrant grandfather and the family owned taco shop and I already have chills I'm like thinking about all of it again and I'm like oh it's good like this is home and I started watching this show I'm like damn like even how they use Spanglish like yeah you're like this is me in a show (laughs) yeah like I even know the streets where they film like it's just like eye-opening like wow that's like I don't know it just felt so cool being represented in some way and it's also not in we're not like us brown people my brown people we're not being portrayed so negatively I think because a lot of us minority groups we tend to be portrayed on the screen as like being like the criminals or just minority groups and being just discriminated against which you know is definitely totally all wrong and so I feel like as far as I've gotten in the show I haven't seen something where it's like "Mm, that's not really representation so I think they're I I think I'm on like uh, episode I don't know maybe five on it but it's just one season right now I hope they make another season yes they have said that they're making a second season they've been like promised another one so also when you get to the end of season one you're gonna really want a season two so (laughs) I'm like am I gonna cry (laughs) potentially I I won't say more but but yeah so how do you find that balance between continuing to want the best for your community while not letting that best be what these outsiders see, what these white people are trying to make it be. How do you support mm-hmm. that that growth without introducing the majority in a way? Yeah. 
damn i'm like trying to think how can i answer this like i know it's a hard one and i'm asking it because i feel like it's a question that i'm constantly like debating for myself right like yeah i think this is something definitely uh to reflect on i just feel like my community is it's blossoming and it's growing in its own unique way that does not necessarily include any white supremacy in any way and I think that's when I feel most I can really support its growth because if it's the other way around I feel like them like kind of hopeless and I don't know what to do and so in those moments I do take time to educate myself and you know just have these conversations with friends that maybe live in the area where it's like being affected by these changes and also just see how they're feeling how they're processing but if it's going in like the direction where it's brown people starting a business here in like the corner of my street then I'm like all for it like damn like I know you like I know your family so I'm gonna like really support you I'm not saying that if I don't know like this family I'm not gonna support them but it's just really uh, heartwarming to see when it goes in that direction and I don't find it like it's like it imbalances me in yeah any way. I so. kind of get what you're saying it's like nurture what's already there versus colonization almost <laughs> in, other words, in other words yeah yeah that yeah. makes sense yeah well I'm I'm like hearing that story from you gives me so much hope like I didn't even know there were communities blossoming in that way being honest and so it's really nice and refreshing to hear yeah yeah and also a lot of these folks that I've seen kind of in my neighborhood I think there's like two or three little businesses starting up uh one's like a hair salon another one's a restaurant and I'm not sure about the other one but it's it's pretty beautiful to see that it's like our generation Julia like our our folks just kind of like they saw what their parents like probably have gone through their stories and they want to change their narrative and make it better and just really thrive in life and be successful and so not saying that their parents weren't successful but to them they have like that different success and it's a success that I feel like I really can align and see more of and just really appreciate like what our ancestors are our family has done in the past for us to for us to be able to be where we're at today totally agree so on this topic of you know being back at family earlier you mentioned how your family had some really great values could you elaborate on that and tell us a few of the values you feel have been really instilled in you via your family Mm -hmm. I think one of those is just being humble and grounded in your roots and so with that it's like you can achieve a small milestone or a big milestone but you know you can show it off or choose not to show it off however you want it to to be for me my mom my dad especially my mom my mom is like my hugest inspiration she's my best friend my role model my everything and so I look up to her and what she's done in such awe and just seeing like the strong woman that she is really inspires me like I want to be like you when I grow up. (laughs) I want to carry this with me. I want to take this from you and, you know, pass it on to my future children. And so I think just being humble and grounded in what you believe in 
are things that my mom like passed along to me and my siblings and also just being like a kind decent human is another one like showing respect even when you might not be getting that respect back I think that's something that I really appreciated because there's been times where I feel like I haven't been respected maybe because of my appearance or um, wearing this or that or my hoops and it just get you feel like uh, get treated a little differently and you want to I don't know sometimes I can be very sassy so maybe my <laughs> sass comes out can come out you know just in a in a a funny disrespect I don't know (laughs) an unintentional disrespect yeah 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 and so I don't know I just I try I I talk a lot to myself in my head like okay like just reflect I think a lot of us do that it's okay to admit it people admit that you speak to yourself it's it's very healthy (laughs) yes I agree big proponent of that a couple of things values that my parents my family has instilled in me as also the last like important one I want to preach is that you know like sigue tus metas like follow your dreams like si se puede kind of thing that's like my motto in life honestly it's something that I've cultivated while I was in my undergrad and it's just very powerful to me to say si se puede like yes you can you can do it if I can do it you can do it and so yeah those are a couple of values I love it what about these values contribute to your idea of home and how do you use those values to create a home for for you Mm -hmm. and others I mean they shape they have shaped my persona and how I go about making decisions or choices how I choose to um, speak with a stranger or speak with a loved one yeah I think they've just molded me in in their own like small ways and they've composed this like Elizabeth Alexandra Ramirez that she is today and I wouldn't have changed it like I would not change uh, these values for anything because I think some people could definitely use some of these (laughs) values in their lives a little more kindness a little more respect and I just feel like they've really just contributed to the person that I am today and in those ways and they continue to do so and again it's something that I hope to pass on even like for example my partner we've been together today is 11 months for us and (laughs) I know (laughs) (laughs) um, like he's just really validated me in so many ways and areas of who I am and how I make him be a better person you know and that's really powerful to me because it's and it's validating because it's like I've gotten these kind of reinforcers from other folks and other close friends and it's just nice that I'm able to make a small positive impact in some way whether just by me being a good listener a good friend and just being there in the moment and that's because I I learned that from like my family and just showing like that kind of that kindness and that respect and I think also my education plays a huge role in how I choose to just share experiences with others and friendships and all. I was gonna say that I have definitely seen you and your values shine through your personality and who you are for sure. (laughs) I mean like I mentioned in the beginning 
you made me feel super comfortable at Harvard. You were definitely a reason why I felt at home. I could tell you anything. And likewise, that, <laughs> that kindness and respect was there, is there from the very first moment you meet Elizabeth. She's smiling, she's giggling, she's there with open arms. And I think a lot of that is home. It's that feeling comfortable and feeling like you can trust someone and mm -hmm. with your complete unfiltered self yeah. so thanks to Elizabeth for that and just being her <laughs> yes I appreciate you something I do want to ask you about is your job you mentioned that you work with um, a foster youth program and I think that is a job that unlike some other jobs can really play on this idea of home what have you learned in your experience in this job working with the youth who have been through this really hard, convoluted idea of home? What have you discovered there? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. For them, from what they've shared to me, it's their idea of home is having a safe place. And that can be a person that you can go and talk to in comfort and just feel like confide and trust them with anything and someone that really believes in them even when they don't believe in themselves and just really it motivates them so those are some of the things that I've heard them share with me and that's something that I bring to them which is again more validation I receive which makes me feel more satisfied and passionate that I'm doing my job well although it's not just like my job to like just talk with them like you know it's like other things too but that's my main favorite part of my job is really getting to hear them speak and show strength in their voice because they've had traumatic experiences and not easy lives compared to many others and so for them to be able to open up to me or to my other colleagues and really be vulnerable and share for them like what's important to them and feeling safe and at home it makes me feel like like just blessed and blessed that I have this opportunity to get to know them and learn a little bit about their experiences and how I can be of best support to them because for me wherever I go anywhere I go it's important for me to feel at home and at community and so I always want to I strive to do that to any new place or setting I go to. I always feel like I'm that ray of sunshine, that glue in a team, that community builder type of person. I just want like everyone to get along. Maybe that's a Libra in me. You know us, Julia, Libras. Libras, you know, we want peace and harmony. Right, <laughs> yes. Libra gang gang. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, and I can imagine that's really hard. Do you think, that in this program, it's easy for them to open up to you? What are some ways that you build that trust and comfort? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not easy for sure for a lot of them to share with a lot of us their experiences. But for me, it's, again, important to just build that report, that instant, hi, I'm Elizabeth Ramirez, the leader some of my identities this is who I am this is where I'm coming from this is why I decided to pursue higher education and be a part of this program to help all of us out and just 
thriving without any roadblocks in the ways because I know what it's like to have roadblocks be put up against me. Just really being genuine and being your authentic self has really worked for me with connecting with students because a lot of our foster youth in this program are not only like between ages 18 to like 23. We have some students that are like over 50 years old too that have, you know, they went through the system and they have their own different experience, but similar just because of that age gap. And so it's very interesting to see how they connect with one another as well and how they build community within each other. And for me to be able to be a part on helping that come together and flourish is like pretty awesome. Yeah. So what have you found in community building, right? You do this a lot. You, you're in higher ed. You've you worked for this program, but even before this, I mean, in your undergrad and, and grad school, you've really focused on building community. Tell us about that process and what sparks you to create community within certain groups. Yeah, Chica. So I have a lot of experience working with first generation, low income, minority groups and students. Some of my strengths are learning, being an includer, an achiever, a woo. I'm just listing the strengths finders, you know. Um, I'm a woo too. Woo oh, woo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so recognizing like my strengths and what I bring to the table helps me assess and kind of analyze the, the population that's right before me. And how can I help this group come together? What, what kind of things can I do one-on-one? Connecting with the people there really helps me uh, build more of that genuine relationship or mentorship, whatever it looks like. And so if I have the opportunity to do that, I'm golden because I then feel like I have, I'm more connected to that person. Whereas in a group setting, it can be really hard to feel connected to each and every one. But yeah, I think, I think that answers the question. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. I'm going to do some speed round questions now. Oh, so, speed round. Yeah, yeah. Give me either like one word or like one sentence for the questions I'm about to ask. Okay. Are you ready? OMG. Okay. Okay. Who is home? Mi familia. My loved ones. <laughs> what is home? Food, traditions, values. Nice. Where is home? East LA is hard rock home. Love that. When is home? Whenever I feel like it's home. <laughs> well, well, that's like fair. <laughs> My final question for you is why home? Because it's important and it brings me a lot of peace in my life. And I think a lot of us humans crave peace and some type of stability with it. So, yeah. Yay. Well, Elizabeth, this was so amazing i loved our conversation today and all of my followers just gotta know you're a girl to look out for mm-hmm. elizabeth ramirez is on the prowl and she's gonna be making some big moves thank you chica part of what you've been doing building communities telling your story has all really i know has made a difference for people and the way they think of themselves and where they want to go so mm-hmm. thank you so much and thank you so Thanks for our listeners. Uh, Gracias, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for listening to our first episode of Anywhere is Home. Hosted and mixed by yours truly, 
Julia Belova, and produced by J.B. Kreppen and Amani Davis, a Room 19 production. Music by Zachary Relova, my brother. Brought to you and distributed by Anchor. In our next episode, we'll be talking to one of my favorite people, Danielle Medina, talking about art, God, and community. We hope you hit subscribe and stay up to date with all our latest episodes. I hope you're feeling at least a little bit at home with us. Much love, homies! Yeah, I gotta stop saying homies.